What's up, guys? This is Sarah McAllister, and you're listening to The Business Perspective, where we talk to successful businessmen and women about their business journey, difficult experiences that have helped them become successful, and then dive deep into something they specialize in. Now, before I introduce our guest today, just wanted to ask you guys, if you do like the podcast, please subscribe to it, follow it, share it, tell others about it, anything you can, that would be super helpful. Um, And of course, if you have questions or have something in particular you want me to um, talk about, just send me an email. So without further ado, my guest today, Teresa Rand, um, is amazing. And thank you for being a guest today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here chatting with you. Look forward to it. For sure. Yeah. So um, before we talk about, well, give us just a quick 30 seconds of what you do. Okay, well, most people know me as the Y lady, uh, those locally, that I have retired from the Y after a 30-year career, Mm -hmm. but in the last year, I started my own consulting business, and I do coaching, speaking, training. Primarily, individual coaching is with women along career lines, uh, executive women. Uh, I'm finding that there's a group of women over 50 that have an interest in coaching for their Mm. next phase of life, as well as those young young ladies coming out of school or in the mid-career, what have you. So I'm doing a lot of that, but I'm also working with local businesses and their management teams. I use an assessment called Strengths Finder that a lot of people have taken, and a lot of companies use it to kind of come in and get to know a team and then help them figure out how best to work together to um, make whatever goals they have set for their team. Love it. Cool. And before you did that, you said you were known as the Y Lady. Where are you originally from? What did you do prior? Yep, originally from Georgia, and I started my career working for the YMCA in Albany, Georgia. I was born and raised in Macon. Uh, and then moved from there to Jacksonville, Florida, where I worked for the Y there for 10 years, after 10 years in, in Albany, and then moved to Volusia County 10 years ago and worked for the Y here 10 years as Got the it. CEO. So I retired as the CEO of the Volusia Flagler YMCA. And what was that point like for you where you decided, okay, did you know when you were retiring that you wanted to start a new career path or... I absolutely did, Sarah. I knew that I wasn't, I'm 57 years old, and I didn't want to stop working, but Mm -hmm. I was ready for something different. I'd been doing that, the Y, for 30 years, love the Y, great organization, but I was, it was time, and in the Y world, we move a lot, and I didn't want to move again um, to, to get a bigger Y, that kind of thing, to move up, continue to move up in the Y. I met my husband here, Bob Rand, uh, five years ago, we married, my kids are here, his kids are here, or in Jacksonville, so my mom's in Jacksonville, his parents are here. I just didn't want to move again. Yeah. I love living in Volusia County, specifically Daytona Beach, and uh, so I decided that I was ready to retire from the Y, but I wanted to do something different, so I hired a business coach, actually, wow. and worked with a business coach for a year in designing what would be next for me. So did you have other... Um businesses in mind or did you like were you contemplating between uh you know the health and fitness world Mm -hmm. versus coaching what was that process like for you and how did you was it tough to decide what to do? Well, what's interesting, and that's where my coach helped me, is because I had all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I could do all of the above. And I am attempting to do most of that. I'm doing yoga. I have a little studio that I do private small group yoga classes in. I love to teach meditation, so I do those type of things. But really, the meat of my business is 
coaching individuals, again, primarily women. I do coach some men, but really women. But my coach helped me just throw every idea I had against the wall Mm -hmm. and then narrow it down into a funnel, if you will, of things that I could package into bringing value. And quite frankly, depending on who approaches me or who I'm selling to, Mm -hmm. depends on what I offer. You know, some people want the yoga meditation, individual coaching. Some people just want the coaching. When I'm with a company, they all want different things. Right. Although most companies approach me about staff retention, staff motivation, those type of things, staff culture. Those are really my specialties to go in. Do you feel like... um you learn most of those culture uh, lessons just from the why, or was it other experiences and like how can you help others in that yeah. way? A lot of it from the why, being mm-hmm. in three different organizations from a $2 million why to a $35 million why, very different cultures. Mm-hmm. But also there were cultures within the why because there were the why is made up of a lot of businesses. You have a childcare business, you have a health and fitness business. You have an aquatics business. You know, you have a lot of different businesses. And within the culture of the why, each of those departments has their own culture. Each of those execs, each of those department heads bring their own style of leadership. So you have to make sure they're all managing their teams right, exactly. properly. And wow. when you have, for in, in Jacksonville, I had 23 whys as the chief operating officer that I was responsible for. Here I had seven, and they all have their own culture based so- on their leader. So you were the the officer of multiple Ys, not just one location. One association. In Jacksonville, I was the chief operating officer, and we had 23 separate Ys across five counties. So I'm thinking it's a lot to manage one and manage the child care, aquatics, classes. Great executive directors, and that is a lot. But I was responsible for the overarching organization. And the other culture that I learned a lot from in the Y was through my board. Hmm. Yeah, my board members were prominent citizens from all over the community. Mm -hmm. And I learned, I got to visit their companies and learn their culture because most of them were leaders in their organizations. So uh, a lot of different cultures. So and that board, um, did you gather information as far as finding out what the wide could do better? Like that was a style of your, that was part of your market research essentially? Was that... Well, the board, uh, most board members are strong leaders, so they Mm -hmm. have no problem telling you what you can Uh. do better. (laughs) As anybody that leads, uh, works for a board of directors knows, whether nonprofit or for-profit. So, but you can learn from that. And I learned a lot of things. The beauty of the why is, although it's a nonprofit, we also sold a product. So everything we did, we sold. Childcare, after school summer camp, aquatic swim, like, you know, we had, we had a business, so Mm -hmm. we had to act like a business. I used to tell my staff, the only difference is we don't pay taxes. We take our money and put it back into the community. So if, you know, Sue Smith down the road can't afford Mm childcare, we help her with that. And that makes us a nonprofit, but we still had a business to operate. We counted numbers. We needed to know how many sales we had every month, quite frankly, how many sales we had every day Mm -hmm. in order to make a budget, just like any business. What do you think the hardest uh, lesson was for you during your time there? And what mm. is the, well, let's stop there. The hardest. <laughs> Gosh, I learned so many lessons in my 30-year career. Probably the hardest is managing all of those cultures. You brought up culture. Um, 
and maybe even managing all the personalities. Mm-hmm. You have a board of directors of 30 or 35 people that love your organization, want to give back to your organization. Managing those people, you, you basically have 35 bosses right? Uh, when you're the CEO of an organization like that and keeping them all in the loop, communicating the way they all want to communicate or be communicated right. to, being able to take their um, knowledge and using what you can, but being able to tactfully tell them when that wouldn't work right? You know, in the why because you know, you know the operations. So really managing a variety of different people. And, and by managing, I mean managing up, down, and sideways. Right, yeah. So, so you took that the hardest lesson, and then you basically turned it into a business. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So that was hard. I'm going to help other people do that. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. nobody, nobody gets it right 100% of the right. time. Well, I just think from a small business owner perspective, um, or I know you said you like working with a lot of uh, females. If we are running our own business and we're running a staff of five, that's can be overwhelming, much less thinking of running a Y organization. So where do you start? How do you, someone that's, I mean, me, if I I look, if I knew I was going to be in your shoes, it just sounds very overwhelming. So how do you, how do you start and uh, keep people calm? Well, you don't always (laughs) (laughs) keep people calm. Um, I didn't, I never mastered that a hundred percent, but in, in my career, you know, I didn't start at the top. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to slow down and understand, you know, I was in a particular organization really almost 10 years before I started supervising big amounts of people. I had departments where I'd supervise three or four, you know, but it, it was well into my career before I had the responsibility of supervising multiple people across multiple dimensions. So you learn, mm-hmm. you know, you learn my very first CEO told me to act like the CEO, you know, mm-hmm. always assume you're the CEO. Now, obviously within reason, sure. um, but he wanted me to think if you were the CEO, what would you do mm-hmm. prior to just coming to him and asking him to solve problems? And that was a valuable lesson for me. He did not mind me bringing him problems, but I better have two or three solutions. And then ultimately that. he would either agree with my solutions or not because he was the CEO but that was a very valuable lesson. Yeah, to act like you're in charge. Mm-hmm. You know? I love it. Yeah. So, what is your? You said you you typically work with females, and you have find found a niche market over fifty, and then you also work with organizations mm-hmm. um, and other uh, types of companies. What's a common uh, company that or industry that you work with? Yeah. Well, so far, I've actually worked with several manufacturing firms here locally, again, using an assessment tool to come in and help them figure out how their management team can best work together. Because, you know, as as the leader, we give a team a project and we tell them to go off and do it. Well, there are three, let's just say there's three people on this project team. They're all three very different. Right. So while they may have the same goal, how to get there, they may not agree on. And when we know more about each other's natural talents and abilities and strengths we're more apt to understand why they're taking this path and why we Mm want to take another path and how we can kind of meld those two together Mm -hmm. so i love doing that with management teams Mm -hmm. Uh, i work a lot with sales teams helping them uh, get together Uh, i did a project and they're they're fine with me saying with lpga with Mm -hmm. their hr team 
their accounting team and um, just again helping them figure out what makes each other tick and how we can use the strengths of each other to better get to our goal to get to our, our task finished and how not to take things personally huh. you know yes. that just because somebody doesn't respond to my email or text or whatever immediately doesn't mean they're ignore me or they don't like me or whatever it is we make up in our mind mm -hmm. they just may take more time to think about something sure before they respond yeah so there's just different innate differences in our personalities that if we know that about each other we tend to be more accepting and understanding of each other so i love going in and working with teams on that uh, i'm currently working with daytona state college on a project uh, two projects but one is doing research mm -hmm. for a particular department that we can't really get into but again it, it involves going out and researching talking to community members about some decisions that the college may or may not be making and you know what the general public thinks about those type of things got it so I'm all over the board with what companies call me for sure and um I'm working with a couple of fundraising clients, helping them because with the Y, you know, did fundraising all those years. Uh, no matter what you do at the Y, raising money is part of that job. Right. So I'm working with a couple organizations, not raising the money, but helping them put the parameters and the rules, if you will, the guidelines around materials on how to best go out and approach people to give money for whatever their specific cause is. So two or three of those type of projects as well. What do you think the biggest... Um issue is with well let's let's break this into two categories so a small small business uh just starting out maybe even if it's a one person team one to five we'll right. say and then those big companies would you say i would assume that culture in the super small company isn't going to be the first problem versus the larger company culture might be more of a priority right. but I could be completely wrong so well, what's every company has a culture mm -hmm, whether they can define it or not mm -hmm. it's it's how the people behave in that culture what mm -hmm. the business norms are in that or even the social norms within mm -hmm. that organization uh, I asked a potential client a couple weeks ago what the culture in his company was and it's a company with 200 people and he couldn't tell me mm. uh, but I bet the employees could tell me what the culture is sure my advice for those organizations maybe under five people would be that the owner or the leader should focus on getting coaching for themselves Got it. that they can then take down to their employees mm -hmm. their four or five employees and i say that for a couple of reasons a lot of times when you're starting a business or you're in a small business you're not really managing and supervising. You're working. Right. You are doing the hands-on work. Yeah, so to find that. time to pull that. You, if you only have five employees, you can't pull them all into a two-hour meeting because right. somebody's got to mind the store. But if you can focus on yourself and learn the tools to help set your culture, that helps you. So, And you need to spend that time in self-development. When mm -hmm. we start a business, we're so engrossed in our business, we forget to continue to grow ourselves, mm -hmm. and we have to continue to grow ourselves. Now, if we're in a larger company, I really like to work with department heads or teams mm -hmm. within a company. Like LPG example, work with one department or two, really, HR and accounting, you know, pulling those 10 or 12 people together. Then I would go to another department and another department. There's cultures within cultures in a, in a bigger company. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we have an overarching company culture, but then every department has a culture. So it's nice to go into a bigger company and work with those individual teams and see what similarities are Mm -hmm. and what the differences are and where there may be some gaps. And I, this is my mistake, but for those people who don't know, can you explain what culture means? Jeez. <laughs> culture is actually how the company behaves internally. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to ask Siri what the official definition yep. is, mm-hmm. but that's really what it is. How does your company operate when no one's looking? Got it. What is the company culture? Is the company culture... Eh, we all just move slow. We all come the in. Boss is out. We go in. <laughs> We're good. Right. You know, there's no real accountability. People, um, most of the work gets done over the water cooler, you know, back office meetings, those type of things. What is the culture? Or is the culture family focused and fun and teamwork and all those things that we want to say our culture is if we run the company? Mm-hmm. But is it really? It's really how the employees act when nobody's looking. And wouldn't you say what they think about their managers and, and bosses and how they they interact too? Because I think there can be a fine line between being too friendly, mm-hmm. right, and Absolutely. then not even knowing someone's name. Absolutely. Absolutely. A very fine line. Yes. A very fine line. Because we want our employees, 80% of employees leave a company because they don't like their supervisor. That statistic has remained the same for years. You mentioned that to me yeah. uh, a little while back, yeah. ta- where uh, employers think it's money. Right. And that's my, I mean, that's what I assume, right. too. I, I know that people don't want to be, you know, mentally abused. Right. And taken advantage of. And I would assume they want to be, to make money. Right. But that's... That might just be what I want. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and the basic assumption when I throw out that statistic is that people are getting paid a fair wage. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not getting paid. They're not being paid below minimum wage. They're not. Um, they're in a career. They're in some something that they see themselves doing for life, mm-hmm. you know, for their job life. So making those assumptions that they feel they're paid fairly if they don't feel they're paid fairly, then of course they'll leave for money. Sure. But some people, most people, will stay for a little less pay if they enjoy their boss and mm-hmm. what they do. And I know that for a fact from the why, because yeah. we didn't pay top dollar. We're nonprofit. Mm-hmm. But people stayed for the most part. Because of the culture. Because of the culture, <laughs> because of the organization, because of the passion for giving back to the mm-hmm. community. And that's not just the why. It's a lot of social service agencies. People stay even though they know they could go somewhere and make a little more money mm-hmm. because they enjoy the work they do. And how do you, um, from an employee standpoint, how do you empower employees to communicate and speak up to their employer? Right. And... Um, even from the opposite end, if we feel we're not getting enough information out of our employees and we don't know what they feel, we have right. to, like, pull it out. Right. You know, because they'll just they'll just keep working right. and never share how they feel. How do you deal with that type of situation? Well, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> and I don't give marriage advice, but I'll use a marriage oh, analogy. Yeah. We want our, nu- our husband to do exactly A, B, and C, but we want him to just figure it out on his own. We don't want to tell him. Mm-hmm. exactly what do I what I need Guys, if I listen don't up, tell please. him what I need 
he can't be responsible for giving it to me. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with our employers. Mm-hmm. We have to tell them respectfully, in the right manner, in the right timing, what we need. And we don't, so often we walk out the door mm-hmm. and then the employer's going, well, what did I do wrong? You know, I don't have a clue. Right. And exit interviews are way too late. Mm-hmm. We all like to say, oh, yeah, we do an exit interview. Nobody tells you the truth in an exit interview. Right. You know, I got more money. I did this. It's for this reason. They don't really tell you the real reason mm-hmm. why they left. I am a huge fan of company surveys done by a third party mm-hmm. so that you really can ask those pertinent questions about what your employees are thinking and feeling. And it's anonymous Um, you know, you do short company surveys Mm -hmm. and you really find out, but the good and the bad, (laughs) a lot of people don't want to do them. Uh. I recently had a client who said, I don't want to survey my employees because they all just want more money. Mm. And I was like, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you think because you're the executive director, you already know what your employees want. What he's really saying to me is he doesn't want to know what he doesn't know. Mm. He Mm -hmm. just wants to keep going and doing his thing and, I think that's a big lesson, though. The first step is to be open-minded. Right. right? Absolutely. And be okay with maybe feeling uncomfortable and changing, which is also uncomfortable and can be a lot of work. Right. Especially to build a new habit. Right. And I I have a client now I'm coaching through having a conversation with her boss, and this is typically a women's issue. A lot of times as women, we don't speak up Hmm. the way we should. Um, especially if our boss is a male and I'm trying to coach this particular young woman into asking her boss for something she needs and wants that is totally not unreasonable Mm -hmm. but in her mind she's going to be bothering him so we literally are practicing how to ask for what she needs which I know as the CEO of a company what she wants he's probably going to go oh geez of course right you know and but yet she's telling herself all these stories Mm -hmm. that he's going to think less of me he's not I'm going to be bothering him all this stuff she's making up in her mind when if she would just sit down and have the conversation with him she'd probably get what she wanted and he won't give it two more seconds of thought right you know so we again we have to do it in the right spirit the right timing you know be aware of what's going on in his or her world as well. Mm-hmm. Middle of budget, it's the day before board meeting. Right. You know, you, you got to be smart about when you're making what you want known. That actually just triggered another question. So, um, you said young woman. Do you find that there are different issues based on generation? Absolutely. Fe- I mean, female versus male. I don't. Absolutely. Know, the same. Absolutely. What do you find is the older female and these are all generalizations Mm -hmm. obviously but the older females and by older we're talking to the workforce so let's just say 30 to 50 if they're 45 to 50 they tend to have a bigger issue with speaking up Mm. once they get over 50 they're pretty good about speaking (laughs) up um most for the most part and then those the younger generation seems to they will ask for what they want a little easier than the older generation. Um, But women still tend to sit back, even in the younger generation. We tend to sit back and not be the person to speak up. Do you think there are other issues if it's easier for the younger generation to speak up? uh, What's harder for them versus 
older generation would you say I think the younger generation what's harder you know and I I'm not one that gets on the bandwagon of all the issues with millennials mm-hmm. every number one I think it makes me sound old every old <laughs> generation thinks the younger generation is gonna you know be the end of the world so that's nothing new in society but I had plenty of millennials that were some of my hardest workers I had some that weren't, Mm -hmm. but I also had some seniors that were my hardest workers and some that weren't. We just work differently. What I'm finding is the millennials care more about, not care, value more about their personal time than those of my generation. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, my parents' generation from the Depression, if you had a job, you did whatever it took to keep that job. And we learn from that, my generation. Um, and now this newer generation doesn't want to work all the time. And quite frankly, I like to learn from that because mm-hmm. I worked way too many hours for many, many years. Right. And now realize I don't have to work those many hours to really still get things done and take care of myself. Right. Uh, and I think the younger generation is doing a great job of teaching us that. You don't have to be sitting in your desk at your desk nine to five or nine to nine or whatever mm-hmm. to be successful and get the work done. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And life flies by. Life <laughs> flies by. Yes, yeah. it sure does. So what are some uh, quick tips that we can give any type of business that you would that you would be working with? Um, I'll just keep that as an open yeah. question. Yeah, most of the businesses that I work with, um, what I end up telling those in power, if you will, is spend time with your employees. Um, even in this world of technology or this world where people are working from home offices, you know, there's Zoom, there's still ways to spend time with people, ways to check on people. Do you know your employees' names, all of them? Mm -hmm. Do you ask how their weekend was before you walk in on Monday morning and say, I need this project by Tuesday? You know, having small talk with your employees is not a waste of time. But genuine small talk, Genuine small talk. We can see that. Right quickly absolutely absolutely which is why you know their name do you Mm -hmm. know their kids names do you know if they're having issues at home so many times when I go into a company and I meet individually with employees I get more about their personal life than I do their work life Mm. and I'm not advocating that you spend you know two hours a day getting into their personal life right but as it relates to work there are things you can you know how are the kids you know who's playing soccer let them go to soccer games you know different things like that does your kid have a school play just getting to know your employees Mm -hmm. the second thing I see is that business leaders will make a decision or let's say they bring in a consultant to to solve a problem or to help with a problem but then they do there's no follow-through The worst thing you can do for a team of employees is to bring them around the table, come up with things we need to do to improve the culture or change the culture, and then do nothing. That just ruins your credibility. Credibility. And from then on, when they come to those meetings, they're going to roll their eyes and Mm -hmm. say, well, it's another meeting where we're going to talk about what we need to do. Even if you come out with five action items and the Mm -hmm. leader of the company says, well, two of these are not we're not doing Mm -hmm. that's fine just tell them right and maybe out of those five there's only one that you have the money and the bandwidth to do then do that one but do something Mm -hmm. because you're right you lose all credibility and that hurts culture a lot yep for sure and holding people accountable 
I think that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when you say holding people accountable, I'm assuming you're talking about just the example you were using where uh, making people figure it out on their own. And um, if they're messing something up to address it immediately, right? not abuse them mentally, but just like, ask them right. why something didn't get right. done correctly and uh, whatever the case may, may be. Well, and by accountability, if the leader of the organization is not holding their employees accountable, the other employees know it. Mm-hmm. So if one employee, and I'm not an advocate of treating everybody the same. Mm-hmm. I do believe there are circumstances and people are treated differently, but accountability is accountability. So if I have a task to do, I just worked with a company where two people left, and so though they didn't replace those two people, but yet those two people obviously were doing tasks every day. So we sat down with the, I don't know, 10 people that were left and literally wrote all the tasks on a, on a flip chart and assigned what those two people had to do to specific people. Got it. Otherwise, those things fall through the crack. Or what I was hearing from the individual employees is, oh, you know, Joe left and I got what was on his plate. Well, three people told me they had what was on Joe's plate. Right. So somebody doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and why are we doing a job three times? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So sitting down and literally putting people's names by the task. Then you can hold them accountable. Hmm. Because if my name is by something, I have, I'm the one that has to report. Even if I get it done through other people, I'm still responsible for either getting it done or seeing that it gets done. And as leaders... If we let people not meet their deadlines, not meet the tasks they're given, and yet keep doing, keep on keeping their job, quite frankly, the other employees see what they can get by with. It's just the way it works. How do you address that if they didn't meet a deadline and they're the, you know, say they're a little bit newer? Right. I mean, how do you know what's that fine line of letting them continue? Right. In the company. Well, you shouldn't allow them to continue Mm -hmm. if they, you know, um, if an employee meets a deadline and communicates with me that they're going to miss that deadline, that's one situation that we can chat about. Mm -hmm. Um, If they meet the deadline, I'm not so, well, I am, I'm a huge deadline person. Hmm. If you're going to, if I give you a deadline or I have a deadline, it has to be met or you have to communicate why it's not being met. Mm -hmm. So if I have to go to the employee and say, okay, that project was due yesterday, we're going to have a whole different conversation than if that employee comes to me the day before it's due and says, I'm not going to meet this deadline and here's why. Got it. Um, I think I told you this story before, but I had a young lady that worked for me that I could give her anything and I knew for a fact it was going to be done. I didn't have to put it in a ticker file and have to check on it just was going to get done so what happened is I gave her everything even some things that weren't part of her job description so one day she set up a meeting with me asked if she could meet with me and she brought in all the printed out emails of the projects I'd given her to do in the last two weeks there were lots of pages <laughs> and she said to me I need your help I can do all of these things but I can't do all of them by the end of the week so I need your help in prioritizing so we set up a system where when I would send her a project to do I would either say this is immediate this is a week from now or this is something I'd just like for you to do at some point Mm -hmm. and it was an entirely different 
method of us communicating, which goes back to the earlier conversation we had, ask for what you need. Yep. She set an appointment at a time that was good for both of us. She sat down, she brought her tools, she told me what the problem was, and she had a solution. If you would just give me what's priority, yep. I'll know. Yep. We never had any other issues. And then you didn't lose a good And I didn't lose employee. a good employee until somebody stole her from me. Oh, but man, yeah. darn it. Because <laughs> she too. was a great employee. Yeah. But she's huh. still, still, still working with the YMCA in Seattle. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, any final thoughts or final things that you want to share? I think this has been awesome. I've learned a ton. But any final things that you want to say? Yeah, just uh, I appreciate the time. I do have a couple of women's organizations that Mm -hmm. I'm kicking off here uh, very soon. One is August 1st. Daytona State College is starting what they're calling Professional Women's Exchange. Mm -hmm. I'll be facilitating that. We're having a kickoff informational meeting August 1st. Uh, at the college at the new Lemoran Center from 5 to 7. So it's going to be a year-long program of self-development and growth. Uh, I'll be facilitating it, but I'll bring in different leaders. The The ladies in the group will only take a maximum of 15 women, and the ladies in the group will actually, we will sit down and determine what our agenda is, what it is we need to work on. They can be um, managers within organizations. They can be entrepreneurs, owners of their own business, you know, there's no set parameters that they have to have, you know, so much responsibility of dollar-wise or supervision, supervision oh. of people. So there'll be an application process. But August 1st is the time to learn more about that. And then there was an organization here called Boss Lady mm-hmm. a few years ago. A young woman named Lacey McLaughlin started. And we're doing a Boss Lady reunion. Ran Consulting, my company, is sponsoring a Boss Lady reunion August 29th at One Daytona Victory Circle, uh, again from 5 to 7, to talk awesome. about ways we can get women from all over the county. And uh, I don't like the word networking. Obviously, there will be some networking going on. But this is all about growth, self-development, self-growth and continuing to learn and better yourself as a female in a working environment. So uh, it's all over the county. There's no parameters again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think every woman is a boss, whether it's of herself, her children, her job, whatever the case may be. Um, And we can learn from each other. Yeah. So I don't care if I have 40 real estate agents and, you know, 10 entrepreneurs. There's no only one person can get in. It's open to all women Uh, to come together across the county and we're going to be having monthly activities so I'm looking forward to that awesome and then where can people find you people can find me at teresaranconsulting.com and Teresa is there's no age no age thank you for asking yes just t-e-r-e-s-a rand r-a-n-d consulting.com Awesome. And guys, if you have any questions for me, feel free to send me an email at smcallister at newyorklife.com or you can go on my website at s-a-r-a-h-l-m-c-a-l-l-i-s-t-e-r and that spells out Sarah sarahlmcallister.com. Pretty easy. Um, and if you have questions for me, feel free to send me an email or go onto my website and reach out. And until then... I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening.